BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking why you need a money coach in your corner with Erica Young. So our guest today, Erica Young, is the financial coach that she never had. As a newlywed couple, Erica and her husband, they discovered that it's actually pretty easy to become just like the average U.S. household that now has over $150,000 in debt. Uh, It's the norm, honestly. And if you don't have a plan to avoid debt, you're going to likely find yourself falling into that trap. But that is not the path that Erica continued along with. She was determined to change her family tree. And now she helps others who are seeking financial freedom in their lives. Erica started her company, Tailored Made Budgets, where she creates custom plans for her clients that give them the tools and the knowledge to cut their stress levels by increasing their savings and decreasing their debt. That is what we're talking about today. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Erica, we're glad to have you. And the first question we ask everybody who comes on the show is what they like to splurge on, because that kind of tells us something about the guest. 
pretty quickly. Matt and I, we like to splurge on beer. Everybody knows that. But what is it that you like to splurge on in the here and now while you're being smart with your money, you're saving and investing still for your future? Yeah, well, I love vacations. And I don't just like a little getaway. I mean, those are fine. Those are fine. But I like to spend good money on great food, a beautiful, like a villa. I, I typically Ooh. will go in with some friends, do a couple's trip, and we do the biggest and best that we can, honestly, okay, by right. um, renting. Yeah, like, so that is my little guilty pleasure. I will spend lots of money on vacation, and I plan to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Mix. I want to travel with uh, I, Erica's crew me, now. Me too. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, we're so used to just, like, sort of slumming it. <laughs> like, we go to the beach often. I mean, every, every summer, we go to the beach together with our families, and it's a fine balance between finding the absolute cheapest place, but something that's <laughs> nice enough to keep our families happy. But Preferably not roach-infested. But, but, but nothing that we would call a villa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. We haven't done the villa thing. That sounds nice. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's great. It's so much level. fun. And it's so much more, you know, economical when you've got a bunch of people with you. Yeah, so, so, that so is when, very true. When you do this, how many uh, how many couples typically do you like to like it, I feel like there's an optimal range because uh-huh. above a certain amount it start there's there's drama. They may they may as well be filming because we're going to make this That's reality true. show. <laughs> you are correct about right? that. Now okay. last year we did six couples. But right. I've been on I've been on a cruise with fifteen. Oh, so <laughs> 15, fifteen couples. Yes. Okay. Yes. So cruise you can facilitate that a lot easier. But what I'll say is, I mean, you know, you just take people you like, and then you have to weed <laughs> out those that don't work so well. <laughs> right. Right. It's amazing too how people that you like uh, at home. Maybe you don't travel uh, the same with them. So you have to kind of figure out who, it, who makes a good travel ex- companion. It, Not every exactly. good buddy actually turns out to be a great travel travel buddy. That's true, too. Yeah. I have learned that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're able to remain friends with America, uh, even yes. though it didn't work out at the villa. But let, <laughs> let's talk about debt, uh, because you and your husband, y'all were newlyweds, uh, and you were like around $90,000 in debt. Uh, mm-hmm. So we want to hear your story a little bit here. What kinds of debt uh, had you racked up? And, and specifically, too, how did you get to the point where you realized that having that much debt, that that was a problem for y'all? Honestly, we were pretty normal. I mean, this was 20, going on 25 years ago, to be honest, and we were normal. We had credit card debt. Between the two of us, we had about seven credit cards. None of them were super duper high, but when you've got that many, it's a lot to juggle. And then mm-hmm. we also had car debt, two cars between us. Um, and we had student loans, which was the biggest portion of it. So more than half of that 90000 was in student loans. And that was normal. Honestly, everyone expects to have a car note. Everybody expects to have a credit card or two. And then, of course, you can't get out of college, quote unquote, without college debt. So mm-hmm. it was pretty normal. We didn't have anything that we were really overspending on. This is actually how we started our life. We got out of college and this is what we had. It wasn't abnormal at the time. And right. so that's part of the challenge is that we're told that it's OK. And so we do it. And when I was an engineer working in corporate America and my husband was a sales professional, there were a few moments in those early months of our relationship when we got married that we realized, hold on a second, there's so much more month left and we don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so between the car payments and the student loans and all that, we started to realize, gosh, there's not a whole lot left, even though we're working professionals, you know? And so we we realized that we needed a game plan. And um, that's when we started to have the revelation that, 
man, if I can't go to lunch with my coworkers and I'm an engineer, there's a bigger problem hmm. here. Because um, it's not and like your you, salary was crummy as an engineer. Like you exactly. probably are making decent money. Exactly, exactly. And so, but we also had decent debt, right? So our debt payments amounted to over $1,000 a month. And then you add on that we had a baby quick, you know, in the first year and a half of our marriage. And then we had another one three, four years later. And so, you know, you start compounding these things and life is expensive and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, we quickly realized, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of glad that it happened early because we were foolish enough to believe that anything was possible. So we went after it and that you know, forced us to get real with our money early on when a lot of my clients today, they have waited until their 40s and 50s. And they're Uh like, Oh, my gosh, my kids are going to college. And now I need to get my act together. So, you know, there are benefits to tripping over yourself early in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Learning some lessons uh, before you get too far along. I love what you said, though. You said we were pretty normal. And there's so many people that have, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt. And they're like, I see the headlines. I'm not as bad off as some of those folks. And, and they've got a little bit of credit card de- uh, debt here. They got a little bit of, of car debt over here. And it's like, well, that, but that's normal, right? I'm actually, maybe I'm doing a little bit better than average even, but you began to realize that this wasn't the normal you wanted to live in. So, so how did, how did you and your husband and young kiddos, how did y'all start tackling that debt? What was your approach to paying it down? Well, the first thing that my husband did was he actually took my credit card away from me because (laughs) I was the one that was confession. (laughs) Yes, this was confession time. Like I, I was swiping that car to have lunch. I was swiping that car to do the things that did not fit inside of our normal routine or what we could use in our checking account. And, and so I, I, it was confession time and I had to share Mm -hmm. that because honestly, I can't, we can't continue to go into debt if we're really trying to get out. So something has to stop here. And so that was, you know, a real honest moment that we had to have. And so he literally put it in a bowl of ice (laughs) and well, put it in a bowl of water, put it in the freezer so that it could turn into ice. And it was before those times when you plugged in your account number or your debit card number into Amazon Didn't or you have had the auto it memorized. <laughs> you were physically swiping. Yeah, exactly. And so that was the restraint, you know, and the physical representation of we're not doing this anymore. And then honestly, we just added up all of our expenses. I mean, a lot of people are very nervous to add up and look at and face how much they spend on a monthly basis. Uh-huh. And when we did that we realized there was opportunity it wasn't what we thought it was going to look like and we had to face that and just say okay so now what we're what are we going to do about it so i think a reality check is the very first step Mm. for lots of people that's true yeah so okay so as you started down this this path did you have any setbacks along the way well i'm going to go ahead and and, kind of reveal i'll I'll spill the beans because i know you had some car issues you had some car problems and and you did have to go back into debt (laughs) Uh, but i guess what i specifically want to know is how did you keep that from derailing you because i think sometimes when you've got this Uh you've got this goal up ahead of you and you know this is something you want to achieve but then you kind of get hit with this hurdle uh something it it might derail you a little bit i want to know how you were able to overcome that and continue pressing on towards that goal of yours yeah, yeah. So our car died. Our car died and had it needed an engine. <laughs> and we did not have the thousand dollars that was needed in order for us to get that car resurrected. And mm. so we went without a car for a season, 
really just a month when I was with the new child and my husband was able to go to work. But then we got another car, you know, loan. And so what we realized was, man, okay, so if we're not prepared, then that means we go further into debt. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the last straw. That was the last hmm. thing that we said, all right, we had to add this to our debt. That's what put us over that 90,000. And so we said, all right, let's, let's figure this out. We added everything up and we just said, we can't be back in this place again where we are unprepared, meaning we don't have anything in savings and we can't weather an emergency. Mm. And so that was the first thing we did was get a little bit of an emergency fund so that we didn't have to depend on credit cards. And then we started tackling the debt seriously at that point so that we, you know, could reduce our expenses because honestly having over a thousand or $1,200 a month going out in payments was also why we couldn't afford to get the car fixed. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. those are the things that we started to realize and say, okay, early on, if we get this right now, then maybe we don't have to return to this place again. I love it. Yeah. So it sounds like instead of that, instead of that hampering your ability to reach that goal, it just poured some fuel on the fire it did. <laughs> and it caused yeah. you to maybe get after it even more than you were before. It did. Yeah. And I think we were also committed to the fact that you know, we wanted something different than what we grew up with. The truth of the matter is that both of my husband and I came from single parent households and we saw our mom struggle and we said, mm. well, we've got two incomes. We should be able to do a little bit better than that. Right. We, and so we knew that there was something to this, but we couldn't, you know, we tripped over ourselves a little bit in the beginning, but it takes determination and it takes resolve. And so we were mm. on the same page where that was concerned. Sometimes awesome. the methods weren't exactly the same because <laughs> um, you're never going to always agree, but it was good to know that like we had the same type of foundation because we really just wanted to make sure that we had a better future for our kids than what we had. Yeah, it's good to know. And Matt and I have talked about this before. Being on the same team, recognizing that you're on the same team, when yes. a setback happens, it keeps you from pointing fingers at each other. You're like, yes. wait a second, we're on the same team. This setback affects us both. And so yes. let's find a way to overcome this hurdle together. And I got to say, sometimes I'm uh, overly optimistic. My, my wife tells me that often. Like she loves my optimism, but she's also like, it also grates on me sometimes because <laughs> you're completely unrealistic and so I have to realize too that when I'm saying oh it's going to take me 30 minutes to do this repair around the house knowing that it's probably actually in all likelihood going to take me an hour and a half <laughs> to yep. do that task sometimes <laughs> it, when it comes to a debt payoff plan you have to have a little bit of realism so that that one hurdle it doesn't send you reeling um, and so knowing uh, build, building in some place for imperfection I think is important yeah. in that plan too right Right. Absolutely. And don't expect for perfection from your partner Yeah, because you know that you aren't perfect either. Right. Like it's super easy to point a finger at someone else because you can see their flaws. You don't want anyone to see yours. Right. And right. so I, I love the fact that you even said, you know, we we have to remember that we're a team. One of the things my husband still does to this day is say out loud we're on the same team. Like he mm. says it to remind himself and to remind me we're on the same team. We want to go the same place. And so while we may not agree on sometimes the method, that still means that we need to figure out how we're going to get, we're going to, you know, where we're going to go together. So, okay. So it took you how long uh, in, to pay off that debt and how did you celebrate at the end of that debt payoff? Did you rent a <laughs> villa? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it took us about five years. We had two kids in that time. We had another setback was my husband got laid off. You know, mm. we've had a lot. We had a family loss where we had emergencies. We had to use our emergency mm. fund and all of that. So there was a lot going on in there. Um, I do think 
and this is the reason why I do what I do. I do think that we could have made some different decisions and gotten it paid off a little bit faster if we had a coach. Um, and that's why I jumped in to do this work is to help people to avoid some of the pitfalls so that they can, right. too can get out of debt faster than they would have on their own. And we celebrated along the way. I'll be very honest and say when we paid off a car, we celebrated. There you go. And so nice. for us, you know, sometimes that was just a nice fancy dinner. When we paid everything off, honestly, I walked away from my job. Like that was the biggest thing was <laughs> that that I could leave that position and start the work that I wanted to do myself. And so that was a huge financial change in our house. But it was one of the biggest reasons why getting out of debt was so critical for us because mm. um, it just created an opening for us to be able to, you know, change the way we do life. And I've not looked back. It's been 17 years <laughs> oh, wow. and I have no regrets at all. Um, no, I wasn't making today's money back then when I first started, yeah. but because we were out of debt, <laughs> we bet. could do it. And, yeah. you know, with little kids, sometimes that's the biggest thing that you need is to be able to have some flexibility. Uh-huh. I bet. Yeah. So, I mean, was that difficult to, to kind of transition from that nicer, high paying engineer job where you're going out to lunch or, or maybe not because <laughs> yep. your, your credit cards are frozen <laughs> at that point, uh, bringing those leftovers to work. That's how I roll. <laughs> Uh, but e- even still, like even when you eliminate those those you know thousand bucks a month in debt payments, I'm sure, sure. you're making more than twelve thousand dollars a right. year. Yeah. Like you are going yep. to feel that impact of, of losing that income. Was that difficult for you to to know that you're taking a, a hit when it came to your income? It was an adjustment. It, okay. it was definitely an adjustment, and it took a couple of years, in all truth, to get the business off and running the way I wanted it to. But I didn't, I honestly didn't leave until I did have some income in the business. It just didn't replace the whole amount. And so, yeah, I think, honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but one of the bigger sacrifices that we made during that time was that I couldn't invest in my retirement, right? So I wasn't doing that, and that was something that I had previously been doing. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I would give someone is probably have a bigger emergency fund than I had. Hmm. Uh-huh. So um, that so part- what did, you, what did y'all have at the time? Yeah, about at the how many time, months? oh my gosh, we had solidly three months. Like we didn't have okay. like a whole year or anything like bad. that. Three's good. Um, yeah, and so we, so I would, if you're going to become an entrepreneur and you're not really sure what your income is going to look like, I would definitely expand that at least six months, if yeah, not yeah. 12, um, just mm. to be on the safe side. For me, that would have meant staying longer um, at work, and we probably could have made that happen, but I really felt strongly that it was time for me to go, and so I now advise people to do what I, I didn't know to do, mm-hmm. um, which is to have more money saved. But, you know, I think, honestly, I still have no regrets because it's it's been a great ride. And nice. um, it was the time that I needed to go. And quite frankly, uh, we've been able to overcome that. Right. Yeah. So it just took a little bit. It's slow, we slowed down for it's a not the of ideal years. way to do it. But you got sure. through it. And then sure. now you're coaching other people to do it even better, which I love. And, and I love, too, just that reality, the realization that that a. Uh, an emergency fund that's even specific to an individual or an individual situation it's like hey you're going to want you want to quit your job and become an entrepreneur you need more runway Uh, you need more financial backup but let's say you dual income 
uh, great jobs that aren't going anywhere. You, no you kids. Can have, yeah, you can have a smaller emergency fund, and that's okay. Sure. Um, yep. I want I want to ask you too about that transition to coaching that you talked about. You know, you, you talked about it took me five years. I, I think we could have done it faster. I want to basically help other people learn from the things that I was learning along the way. That if I had known that from the get go, it probably would have happened a little bit quicker. Talk to me more about like how that fostered in you that desire to help others and what actually like kind of plunged you into you know what I have to do this full time as a job yeah well what's interesting is that because of our journey I had people asking me questions I wasn't silent Mm. about the fact that we were trying to get out of debt. So there would be times where we would say no to things or we would say yes to something different or we were taking a class or I was reading a book, but I was immersing myself in the work of trying to figure out how to get out and stay out of debt. I was talking about my budget. I was vocal. And so people would ask me questions. My pastor asked me a question. He said, hey, would you help somebody else do what you are doing? I said, sure, absolutely. And so the first couple of clients, two or three people that I worked with were pro bono just to kind of see if I liked it. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I was like, I loved seeing the light bulb come on. At that time, Hmm. I was actually going to someone's house (laughs) and we were looking at their bank statements on the table. And when there would be a pivotal moment, like, did you know that your dining out is $500 a month? Did you know that your kids' activities was costing you this much? And the light bulb comes on and they're like, wow, I had no idea. I thought it was so much less than that. And then they start to realize why things have been so challenging. Um, I used to, I actually went into someone's home and I saw immediately why they were in debt. They were not a hoarder necessarily, but they had tons (laughs) and tons of things for their kids all over the place. And so it was very obvious. And so those are things that, looking back give perspective to why people need somebody somebody to walk with them Uh through the process versus just saying oh i can do this on my own Mm. and most of the time people don't do it on their own they say they're going to do it they're like oh i'm going to give this a month and i'm going to see if i can do it myself and then they realize they've done absolutely nothing (laughs) no progress and so accountability is huge in getting people to move the needle I love that. That's that's so good. I mean, accountability, there's many other reasons too why it might make sense to have a financial coach in your corner. We're going to talk all about coaching, what it entails. We'll get to all that right after this break. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. 
There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we are back from the break. We're still talking with Erica Young about why you need a money coach in your corner. And I think, I mean, Erica, you just set it up perfectly, right? That, that we, we always say we're going to do something. Getting around to it is another matter. I am maybe the king of that. Uh, remember, go back, going back to my college days, my procrastination levels were basically superior to anyone else's. And so uh, I want to I know, though, from you, like what are the signs maybe that someone needs the help of a financial coach who maybe uh, like how, how can someone know that they they should stop 
trying to do it on their own and then they really just do, do need to outsource it they need to hire someone to kind of you know give them the right kick in the butt yeah well the one of the very first signs is that you have debt that hasn't moved uh. um, your debt is either stagnant or it's growing and so um, if you're not making progress in that area that's a that's one sign another one is wishful or magical thinking so we like to believe that we are better than we are that we can do this ourselves or that at some point just like with weight loss we're like oh I want to lose 10 pounds and then we're magically like oh it's going to take me this amount of time well not if you don't change something <laughs> right like <laughs> we're wishful thinking about lots of things in our life and so that could be also something to wake up to. And then honestly, I would say, you know, if you realize that there are things in your life that you want, but you haven't been able to achieve. So going on a nice vacation, having an emergency fund, um, giving to organizations or being a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And those things have not been able to happen. You're realizing that your your goals are bigger than your want to. Your mm -hmm. actions are not lining up with the vision that you have. And so sometimes a coach can help you realize and, and that what's missing really and you know the, the the little kick in the tush that you need in order to like yes. get started so yeah. that's having somebody on your team side by side with you who's been down the road and i've worked with hundreds of people um it, it just helps you to see what you can't see i mean sometimes we're just blind to what's really in the way Absolutely. Where maybe we could see what's going on in other people's lives. It's like, oh, they <laughs> yeah. should stop so spending money easier. on this. Right. Yep. But when it comes to what you're spending your money on, uh, it can be difficult to to recognize. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're basically saying this, and you said this before the break, but it sounds like like that reality check is the first thing that, that folks need to do. Yeah. Do you, do you have other, like, do you have different tactics that you take with different folks who come to you? Or, like, is it 100% customizable? when you're coaching somebody or yeah, like are there a few steps that everyone should follow? Yeah, there are steps everyone should follow. It's customizable once I get to know who you are. So one, the reality check where you look at all of your income and all of your outgo, expenses specifically need to be broken down by category. Look at that first. I typically say have a glass of wine, get some chocolate, put on some mood music or have a <laughs> candle burning, something to make you kind of get into that good mood. But that's the first thing and then I actually have an assessment that I do with people to understand their behaviors and their habits around money. And so there's a checklist, if you will, you kind of go through and rate everything. And I think it's really important for under people to understand hmm. what their behaviors currently are, assess what's really going on here. That's huge. I also think that adding up your debt and and by that you might have to go look at your credit report to make sure you're not missing anything but face where you are because if you don't do that you don't know how you can get to where you really need to be it's kind of like the gps lady she has to locate you right <laughs> where you are today right before you put in that address of where you're trying to go so that you can get the straightest quickest path there but you can't get there if she doesn't know where you are. So we've got to locate where you are first. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Once people are able to face that, then they're like, okay, I think I'm open now to hearing what Erica has to say about mm -hmm. how we're going to get this done. 
Yeah. Sometimes you got to take like all of the gloss, all of the sheen off, and you got to like look at all those naked numbers and all, right. all of them, not hiding anything, right? Yeah. So that you can get a full scope of what actually needs to happen. And uh, Erica, your coaching business is called Tailor Made Budgets. That's right. And so it, it makes me think like, wh- what does it take to create a budget that actually helps people? Because some people are scared of the word budget. Yes. They think of it as like a four letter word. So sure. um, how do you help people create a budget that they actually use? Not one that just kind of like looks good in an Excel file that gets quickly abandoned. Yeah. One of the biggest things is to to know the family, know the household, um, understand are there medical um, things going on in the house or understand, you know, how old the children are. If there are kids in the house, understand what the goals are. Where do you see yourself in six months? Why is this important? making it customized to that household. No budget should be exactly like the neighbor. And so it's it's important to understand who it is that I'm working with and make it realistic for them. So for instance, if people have an affinity for, you know, whole or clean eating or what have you, I understand that that could potentially mm-hmm. cost a little bit more. I also have to understand that the age of the kids makes a difference, um, the activities the kids are in and and things like that. So just knowing what the household is up to. If there are glaring red flags, um, that's one of the things that over the years I have gotten a whole lot better at making sure that I let people know, here's the big hairy elephant in the room that we've got to deal with. Um, Because if there were only one thing to change, I want people to understand what that thing is that's really going to make a difference in their finances. So Mm. the budget can be very detailed and it can be very realistic and tailored for that household. But I'm always looking for that one thing that if they only did that, it would transform everything. And so I'm looking for that needle in the haystack. And sometimes it's bigger than you think. But um, (laughs) that's sometimes the thing that will help people really get unstuck, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, can you share some examples? Like, like, what are some of those red flags? What are some of those big, uh, big old budget busting line items that are just wrecking people's finances? Well, I'll start with some of the little ones that everybody okay. has right now. <laughs> so one of those would be subscriptions. So oh, I'll yeah. have people add up all of their subscriptions. I had one family do this a couple of years ago. It's about $150 in subscriptions. And I thought, Ooh. wow. And this is not like cable it's all of the little netflix and hulu and games for the kids and all that uh-huh. and added up to 150 they had no idea and so we just go through the process of what's needed and what isn't what do you use which don't you use and they cut it down to like 50 bucks nice amazon is huge amazon all on its own right now <laughs> is big yes. and that is not always 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Is that something in people will justify it saying well we get diapers and we get groceries or and, and I still think it's important to add up what's happening at Amazon because what it really is, is just convenient. Yes. If you can potentially spend less money elsewhere and all that if you pay attention to that. But a lot of the times, the big glaring flags are a vehicle that's completely out of whack and doesn't make sense. Um, I typically will, you know, the very last thing I would even offer is that the house is too expensive. I I don't typically go there with that unless it's absolutely necessary. But I'm sure folks feel like you're, you're undermining their security. Like this is, this is our home. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't go there unless it's absolutely necessary, but I have had people who are paying for college for their kids, taking it out of their retirement funds. That's a big hairy red flag Mm. to me, you know, especially when the kid isn't doing well. 
right? And so there, that's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars potentially Jeez. going down the drain and the kid can get a loan. I don't want them to, but if it's your retirement versus their college, that's I'm picking right. your retirement first. That's yeah, right. yeah, I completely agree with you. It makes me makes me think that everything in life is a trade-off, right? And, yeah. and that's especially the case with our money. So that's kind of what you're, you're walking people through too, to a certain extent is, here's the thing, this is what's kind of busting the budget over here. And yeah. obviously, uh, you, we're gonna have to make some sort of trade-off. Maybe we gotta sell this car and we gotta get you into something more affordable. But yeah. how do you talk to people, how do you coach people into thinking through trade-offs with how they spend their money and and kind of the uh, the things that they can be doing with that money instead. Yeah. Well, really, I ask a bunch of questions. It's really, okay, so tell me more about this loan. How long is it? How long have you had it? Tell me about, you know, tell me about the vehicle, right? Like, honestly, for families who have little kids, they need a certain kind of vehicle. They're not going to be able to be in an escort, for instance, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to understand. I ask a bunch of questions, and then I'll say things like, how was that serving you? Um, mm. Is this helpful? Is this necessary? What could you do differently? I want them to open up and share their thoughts. And really, when I look at the overall assessment of their situation, I see their budget, I see their assets, I see their debt. And then if that is the smoking gun, it's really, okay, so if you did this, if you made this one change, here is what's possible. You could get out of debt in this amount of time versus this amount of time, or those dollars could go towards your retirement future, or you could save that for your kid's education. So it's really helping them to see that something else is possible or one of their goals could be achieved even faster if they made this you know, big change, if you will. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, honestly, people say, I'm not willing to make the change now, but if we do A, B, and C, could we get the same effect? And it makes them start thinking about things that they wouldn't have thought of before. Yeah. So that's awesome too. So, yeah. you know, the truth is, I want them to own their decision. And so I really, you know, ask all the questions that are necessary for them to have their own light bulb moment. That's that's so great because when you have a light bulb yourself as opposed to someone telling you what to do, yes. it's so much more impactful and you're more likely to make a different decision moving forward. And when you've also connected that trade-off to this greater goal that you have, you yeah. become so much more excited to make that. You're like, wait a second, this car's holding me back. I didn't even like the car. I didn't realize right. that that was the problem. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. But this other goal, like we wanted that, we want that villa every every summer. Like we want that sweet summer trip. And yeah. so I don't know. It's amazing how when you connect the the trade off to that greater goal, it it just can completely changes the equation. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And they get to own their decision. I really want people to feel like it was their choice versus Erica's prodding and pushing. Mm -hmm. That's like not inception. what I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Erica's pl planting, the, that's right. planting this kernel, this and then seed they have to discover of an idea, and then they stumble upon it. It's that's like, right. wait a minute, that was my idea, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of kind of like mind tricks, you know better than anyone here, like doing this one-on-one -on -one work. It's never just a numbers problem here, oftentimes. Talk about the, like the dual role that you play in helping people with some of their deeper rooted psychological issues with money alongside the need to provide some of that education, some of that accountability uh, where they might just be you know, missing some of that basic uh, personal finance knowledge. I think yeah. sometimes you might be diving in even deeper than you realize when, mm -hmm. when you're trying as you're kind of unearthing some of these sure. some of these deeper issues. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. I will say I'm not a marriage counselor. <laughs> I will say I'm not um, a therapist, if you will. But but I get into some of the stuff mm-hmm. um, that couples need to understand or that a single person hasn't allowed themselves to to think about. So your money passed, right? So all of the things that you learned as a child coming up in your home of origin and how that is affecting you today. So for instance, I'll just talk about myself. I won't talk about a client, but like my husband and I, like I said, we grew up in single parent households. We both saw financial dysfunction. And you know, I saw feast and famine lifestyle all the time just to make ends meet, as did he. And so I interpreted that in a different way than he did. He really likes to have, you know, he wants to stack cash, stack cash. <laughs> and I'm more of the longer term. I want to make sure I'm okay in the future because I'm all, I was always worried that I'd have to take care of my parents. And so the way we interpreted our past experience affected how we did life. And the funny thing is, I'm a financial coach and he and I would differ on how much we needed for savings because we had different ways that we interpreted our past. Did you ever pull the card? But I'm a money coach, so I get to make the decision. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Sometimes that happens. No, (laughs) but I will say like those past experiences affect how we do life today. And a lot of people don't put enough emphasis or give themselves the freedom to sit back and think through how that con- that is showing up in life today. I had a client who had their own realization of, about how dependent they were on their parents' approval and how they spent their money. Mm. And, you know, the wife just really started crying and just said, wow, I hadn't seen it that way. I had no idea that I was looking for them to be okay with my money decisions. Mm. And the husband said, I'm so glad that we had this conversation because this was worth all of the coaching because I didn't know how to reach this point. I had no idea how to get here. And now that he knows, now that they both are aware of what she's allowed, you know, she allowed her parents sort of to interfere in how they, you know, manage their own money. They can, they can work through that, but they weren't, they didn't know that that was, that that was happening. And so those are things that we get into that's beyond the numbers that's, you know, hidden sometimes behind, oh, we just need a budget there's probably more reasons why the budget hasn't worked in the past and we've got to get to some of those root issues in order for you to really be able to stick with the budget too. Wow. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, there's a lot of good, beautiful wisdom in there. And actually, you know, uh, you have so much good thoughts, I think, around when it comes to money and relationships and how couples can talk about money well together. Erica, we want to ask you a few questions um, on that topic and we'll get to those right after this. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty or 
you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, we're back from the break. We're still talking about money coaching. And Joel, you kind of teased to money and relationships. Erica kind of got into how she's, you know, she plays, (laughs) uh, she gets to pretend to be a a couples counselor every now and then. Before we kind of talk more about relationship stuff. One of the things you mentioned was that one of the roles that a financial coach can play is accountability, right? Like they are there keeping you accountable. Is it possible to get that same benefit by having a friend provide that accountability? What I want to ask here, the the core of my question is, I want to know the difference between having a friend that's holding you accountable and and someone like you who's able to provide more of that in-depth, full-service, one-on-one coaching. Uh, Can you talk about that for a second? Absolutely. I think everybody needs a friend that can hold them accountable. However, most of the time, our friends want us happy. Um, Mm. Our friends are very agreeable. 
And for women, sometimes that is a shopping buddy or someone who is going to say, oh, I understand. Just do it. You deserve it. And men don't say those things, but it is inherent in, hey, let's go hang out with the guys and we're going to do what we do. You know what I mean? Like we all have our ways in which we live and and it's great to have a buddy who's on the journey with you, but they're not going to give you the tough love. They also will not give you you're, you're not going to be super open and honest with your friend. Let's just be clear. You're not going to say how much you spent on dining out. You are not going to say <laughs> how much that dress costs. You're not going to say how much golfing was with the fellas. You're not. You're going to simply gloss over it because we inherently do not want the worst of us to be seen by everybody. Yeah. With me, you don't have a choice. On that first meeting, I mean, honestly, my clients are paying me to be honest with them because there's not a whole lot of other places where they're going to be honest. They're not going to tell family members. They're not going to tell friends. People are embarrassed, ashamed. There's a lot of emotion around money. They're not, they don't want their friends to know how much they make. Let's just be clear that there's a lot that we aren't sharing. So accountability can only go so far with the people in our circles. One of the things that I really enjoy about being a coach is that I'm pretty anonymous, if you will. And so you're not going to show up at the front door. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't do that anymore. Out. Right. Like <laughs> I did that in the first couple of years. But the cool thing is that um, I could literally have a neighbor as a client and we might not even know we're neighbors. Right. Mm. And so yeah, um, uh, nobody else knows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially, I think and that's so. The, Yeah. So the cool thing is like, that's the other thing is I'm asking the hard questions right in the beginning. And once we get the hard stuff done, we can work through everything else. Mm. And I just, you know, really have a system of these are the things that we talk about and this is what you ought to expect. And so in that process is exactly how people really get to understand what this looks like. And they get used to being vulnerable and open and because I'm a prodder, I ask a bunch of questions. Um, they, they've got to get them answered. And I actually, so there have been times when I'm like, I think you need to see a counselor for that. I mm. think, I think that that's what makes sense here. And pushing them towards getting some actual help from a licensed therapist. Yes, absolutely. Especially from, you know, in marriage, especially if there's any type of emotional challenges that people are having. I've d- I did that just recently um, because I think that people think that if they get the money right, that all of these other problems will be okay. Like we'll be able to communicate well. No, actually I really need you to have a solid foundation of communication first That's right. because if we start talking about the money, it's just going to uproot quite a bit of things. And if you can't work through those things behind the scenes, that can be challenging. So I know those are things that just a friend probably wouldn't say. That's true. Yeah. 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 Bad money fights, disagreements, how you communicate about money. Like those are all just symptoms yeah. of yep. underlying either health or unhealth. Yeah. That's right. Hey, and you, you mentioned, obviously, you're not a marriage therapist, which, you know, but you have also a lot of wisdom of based on, yeah, based on yeah. 20 years plus of marriage, right? And yep. through helping hundreds of clients. So I am curious to, to talk to you a little bit about money and relationships. You uh, talk to us maybe about having productive money conversations. Like, what if a couple keeps having the same fight over and over? Like, the same money issue is kind of at the root of those arguments. How can they progress and get past those, just the recurring, like, it feels like it's a record on repeat, same thing over and over. How can they maybe move forward past just the same unproductive money fights yeah well first of all any money conversation I encourage people to keep it very short 
So we are not going to have a you know, three hour money summit on our finances on day one. We're not that doing that. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I think where people tend to go wrong is they say, oh, we're going to get this all together and fix it and blah, blah, blah. And then they wear each other out on day one and they don't even come back to it for a couple of months because it was so tiring. So do yourself a favor and schedule 15 or 20 minutes and talk about one thing. The other thing is, and, and, you know, ground rules for whatever that one thing is and how to, you know, how you want to see it resolved and that kind of thing and have a takeaway. But if you are continuing to have the same fight over and over, what I'm hearing is that one or both of you are not being heard. So somebody Hmm. is continually bringing up the same subject because they feel unheard or you keep going back to that mountain that you can't climb because somebody is not heard. And so um, one of the tricks of communication, and this is that, you know, counselor therapist side is, repeat what you believe you heard. Hmm. Like, so what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. There you go. Or did you mean blah, blah, blah? Is this correct? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the whole point is, why are they saying that? Tell me more about why that's showing up. And and so a lot of times with money matters, we take it so very personally. We've worked really hard for whatever income we're bringing in or we feel responsible for spending the money or taking care of the household or whatever it is. And so it's very sensitive for a lot of people because it hits at the heart of time that you've put into whatever it is and so we've got to really listen and I think we're not really good at that Um, with social media the idea that we can fast forward or rewind all of our you know tv shows and all of that we don't have to listen to stuff or the sound bites are so short that it doesn't leave room for real human connection and so I think that we have to relearn how to do that But I also think we need to not force either party because usually there's a money nerd and and there's a free spender in this equation. And we don't want the nerd to overwhelm the free spirit by this, you know, three hour long summit, (laughs) 15 or 20 minutes on one topic. Let's understand how we're going to get this one thing done and then move forward. And I think if people will take those couple of tips, they'll really it'll really be very helpful. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about being financially naked and vulnerable with your yes. partner. Like how else do you, you know, you're talking about focusing 15 minutes, one topic, you're talking about yeah. listening. Well, are there some other ways that you would encourage couples to get on the same page and work together to make this money progress? Those are some great tips. I would love if you had any more. Yeah. Yeah. So my book is called, you know, (laughs) Naked and Unashamed for a Reason. Mm. I think it's really important for people to reveal some of the things that have made them feel a certain way. Right. So what what have you been ashamed about? What what do you wish you hadn't done? Let's dream together. I think one of the biggest ways that we can get on the same page as a couple is to dream. What do you see five or 10 years down the line? Let's not talk about the budget today. Let's talk about what do you see in the future? 
what would you love to see happen? Is there a business in your heart? What do you, how do you want, you know, what, what does retirement look like? Would you love to see the kids go to college and be able to participate in that? Like, what is it that makes your heart light up and get on the same page there? Let's mm. be a cheerleader for our partners future or let's say oh my gosh I had no idea we were on the same page there we never talked about it we don't give ourselves the opportunity to think about down the line because we're so worried about the things today and so I think that that's a really great way to get on the same page um, and to fully understand what each other wants yeah. What just a great thing to do as a couple on so many levels, but on a money level too, right? Like yeah. just dreaming together. Yep. I think sometimes maybe, especially if you've been married for the longer you've been together, sometimes it's harder to retain some of the, mm-hmm. the forward looking momentum and some of the excitement about the future uh, because you, you're in the day to day, especially if you've got young kids like Matt and I do. It's like life just overwhelms you. And so you have yeah. to kind of come back to the table and start dreaming together um, and reminding re- reminding each other about what you love about one another and why you're excited to build life together yeah Um, i mean i think one of the other things too that i'm learning i'm talking with some friends not everybody are great dreamers yeah um i I think like kate and i we are very forward looking and we've talked to some other friends and they kind of absorb information around them in retrospect and so Mm -hmm. they're able to live in the moment and see what they need to do now or they're able to kind of look back on their past and they have a hard time looking forward yeah yeah and so i think it can be difficult sometimes to kind of cast that vision look ahead ask that question, what do you want to do in five, 10 years? And so I guess what I want to highlight here is the fact that it might take some work to do this dreaming. And I think there might be a lot of folks out there who are saying, I don't know. (laughs) What are are you talking about? What do I want to dream about? Uh, And so for those folks, it might take a little longer than just asking that question, but to actually spend some time thinking about what they want their life to look like. Well, and I think there's fun in experimentation. Mm -hmm. So it may not be five years down the line. I'm getting ready to be an empty nester. In about three months, both of my kids are going to be out of the house. And (laughs) my dreaming session is really about who does Erica want to be now? Uh And what are the hobbies that will be uniquely my own? And what am I going to get out of the house to go do since I don't have high school events or a kid coming home and things like that? And what are me and my husband going to do together? So my dreaming really isn't about retirement. At this point, we feel pretty confident that we're going to be fine. But now, like, it's it's about how are we going to enjoy one another and how are we going to enjoy ourselves, our life that we get to create now that they're yeah. doing their thing. So, I like that. You got to kind of reassess those as different yeah, life stages take hold. Exactly. And you're entering a completely new one. That's right. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you on that. And since you are, last question for you here, Erica, you have successfully raised kids to the point where they can leave and, you know, not uh, have to hopefully move back into your basement. I guess I want to know, (laughs) I want to know how you involve your kids in money conversations throughout the years. Like, how did that work for you? How do you, how do you um, advise other people to include their children when they're talking about money? Because, I grew up in a household where I heard money arguments. I heard very little in sort of positive money reinforcement. But then there are some people who are maybe too uh, forthright <laughs> with their yeah. kids about the finances. So yeah, do you have kind of um, a strategy or a way that you help people think about what it looks like to include their kids in money money decisions and combos? Yeah, so I think it's really good to make money normal, like normalize the whole conversation all throughout their lives. So age appropriate, obviously, you don't need to tell your two-year-old, oh my gosh, we have this much for retirement, right? Like we're not talking <laughs> that, but make it normal. Um, so for instance, if you're going to get ice cream, it's totally fine to, to let the two-year-old 
world hand the five dollar bill over that kind of stuff it's normal it's not and and i think it's nowadays we have to be very intentional um because we don't use cash all the time and so sometimes those Hmm. are the things that are age appropriate that would be great to be intentional um as they get older give them more responsibility you know work and reward you know chores and and having them to to learn their own how to manage their own money and things like that and then when they get a a job I think it's super important for teenagers to get a job I think that balancing act in high school is very valuable and my husband and I we basically said we'll pay half on your car you pay the other half you earn the money to pay the other half and um they both did it and they both have vehicles that they you know my oldest she kept her vehicle for four years through um or six years actually the rest of high school and college and my my youngest is doing the same right now um and so but the biggest conversation that i think parents need to have if you have made money a normal thing to discuss along the way is when they are a sophomore or a junior in high school and you begin to talk about what's next, if college is next, you really need to let them know what you are willing to do, what you are capable of doing in terms of helping them or what it is and or I should say what it is they need to do in order to make their college you know, goal a reality. It's really hard to have a conversation about hundreds of thousands of dollars if you haven't Hmm. laid that foundation early and then also set the expectation of we we will spend this much on it or we can't help at all or whatever it is be honest because i think that is the biggest impact for the rest of their lives whether or not they're going to have student loan debt or not or what it is that they need to do in order them to be able to go to school for free or do something different and so i think that's the biggest financial impact but again if you've made that foundation along the way talking about money isn't scary um tell them about my kids knew we were getting out of debt they knew when they were young um they knew what the difference between debt and debit was Hmm. and and so those kinds of things are very helpful and build that foundation for I want to get out of college without debt because my parents didn't do it and my oldest is graduating on Saturday and she's got no debt to speak of. And so I think <laughs> it's really important that we, you know, build that foundation so that, you know, their biggest opportunity to make a difference in their future does not come with strings attached. That's right. Yeah, it is hard to have those those big ticket items when you haven't even talked about the day to day. Yes, I love that. That's that's so good. Um, Have those conversations. Make money conversations normal. Make money normal. That's what you're trying to do here, Erica. That's what we're doing here with How to Money. We really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these nuggets of wisdom and just your experience with our listeners. Uh, If folks wanted to learn more about you, what you're up to, uh, your coaching business as well, where should they head? Yeah, so TaylorMadeBudgets.com is the place to find me. I'm on Instagram as well on TaylorMadeBudgets, and I love to interact with people individually on LinkedIn as well. You can find me there, Erica Young. Erica, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Matt, that was a phenomenal conversation yeah, with so Erica good. Young. So much good information, so much just wisdom, and we covered 
just a range of topics. We haven't really talked about money coaching to that extent before. No, no, we haven't. But she made a compelling case for hiring someone who is in your corner who isn't your best friend. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. What was your big takeaway from this combo? Uh, it was related to that. So around the end is when she was talking about, uh, like, like we were asking her about the trade-offs that we make in life and how does she walk someone through the different expenses that they're facing in life. And basically what she was saying and, and, and what she said she does is that she questions everything right and so it's like okay and specifically the question she she brought up was what value is this bringing to your life mm-hmm. i think she I, said how is this serving you oh yeah that yeah. is what that is Which actually is what she said yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but by questioning everything like that i think it puts everything on the table like everything it has the potential to be axed and i think oftentimes whether we are trying to diy our own budget or maybe if we're, we're working with a partner but sometimes there are certain things that we're not willing to even address but when she steps into the equation she is asking everything like you said how is this serving you and if you don't have a good answer then it is worth considering removing that from your life mm-hmm. if you're looking to cut your expenses if you're looking to climb out of debt uh, that is the the fastest way to do that you don't have to dedicate more time to earning more money to pay off that debt let's just start slashing some of these expenses the reason why we always lead uh, lead into our interviews by asking, what is your craft beer equivalent? Because there are things that we spend money on, but there should always be a good reason why it is that we spend money on those things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that that's something that she asks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, how about you, man? What was your big takeaway? Okay, so I love when she said that you need to face where you are. And there, there's... Yeah. The some, reality check. Yeah, and so instead uh-huh. of being like, I need to lose 20 pounds because I, I think I'm 20 pounds overweight. If you're really 50 pounds overweight, like you need to face the actual fact. You need to face the number on the scale. So so that you can <laughs> then make a decent decision about where you need to go yeah. uh, move from here. Yeah. And, how, how are you supposed to lose 10 pounds if you don't even have a scale right. or if you're, you refuse to get on it? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that she said is signs that you might need a financial coach is if your debt level hasn't moved, if you're not making any progress, or if you're falling victim to wishful thinking. And I thought those were all really good things to, to help people know when they need outside help. It's like, all right, are you just like, believing it overly optimistically maybe like i do sometimes on on things not not necessarily money related i can be overly optimistic about my future and i love the fact that i'm an optimist but there are times when i do need to live in reality a little bit more and so maybe if you're falling victim to that if you constantly think well i'm going to do this this is going to happen i'm getting there but you're not actually getting anywhere the numbers don't indicate that you're making any progress that might be, that might indicate <laughs> that you need some sort of financial coach in your life in order to help you uh, make some progress and point out maybe some of those flaws in your thinking or in some of your behavior. So I don't know. I think that's a good call. And I do think a financial coach, sometimes people think I need a financial planner. Well, a financial coach is actually completely different. And probably for Very most different. folks, what they need is a financial coach, yeah. not a financial planner. It's, it's not less- about growing your investments <laughs> to the sky. It's yep. literally about changing some of those Behavior. habits and behaviors. Uh-huh. And and kind of focusing on some of those everyday things. And guess what? Financial coaches are typically quite a bit less expensive too. More affordable. So I yeah. do think financial coaches are one of those things that are underrepresented and and, and probably could help a whole lot more folks. So yeah, for, for folks who find themselves, I think, in a position like this, I think a financial coach is, is probably a, a really good place to turn. Totally. Yeah. A financial coach can help you to get where I want to be. And I swear we never do this. Like we, we don't often try to coordinate our beers with the, the topic of the show. We just think about the style of beer we want to enjoy. But literally the name of the beer we're drinking today is Where I Want to Be. This is by Deciduous Brewing Company. Uh, this is a hazy uh, New England style IPA. Joel, what are your thoughts? Man, robust 
hop goodness are mm-hmm. the words I wrote down. It was a great middle of the road hazy IPA, nothing over the top, but nothing underwhelming. It left me just feeling, you know, just happy like Goldilocks style. The perfect <laughs> temp, the perfect beer right here. I, I loved it. That's right, man. It was just right. Not too hazy, but not too perfectly clear, like a West Coast style <laughs> yeah. IPA. Uh, nice and sweet with some of that hop sharpness going on. A fantastic brewery that we've never heard of before. Deciduous. We'll be sure to check out more beers from them. If you've had some other beers, maybe reach out to us. Let us know what other beers we should be checking out yeah, I think by they, them. We just started getting their stuff here in Atlanta. Yeah. So I saw them on the shelf. I was like, okay, all right, worth a try for sure. And this one at least didn't disappoint. That's right. Yeah. So you can find show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com along with a picture of this beer and we'll also make sure to link to Erica's book that we mentioned during this episode as well as her sites you can find all of that at howtomoney.com Joel that's going to be it for today buddy until next time best friends out best friends out Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.